Welcome back to the Rad Chick Society podcast. I'm Jessica Nason, your host, and in today's episode, we are chatting with Joss Kamara. If you don't follow Joss at on Instagram, make sure you head on over there now and follow her. You'll find her at Joss, J-O-C, 313. She's incredibly motivating, incredibly inspiring, incredibly sweet, and she's just a total badass. Hey, real quick, before we get into this episode, if you're not following the Rad Chick Society Instagram page, or, you know, if your friends aren't following the Rad Chick Society Instagram page, make sure you head on over there or tell them to head on over there now and follow along. Because right now, we're at 994 followers, which means it's a guarantee we're going to hit 1,000 followers this week, which means it's a guarantee that we're about to give away a really badass set of mountain bike wheels. D2 Swiss is hooking us up with a set of H1900 Spline 30s. I mean, if you don't know what that is, that's a $500 set of rims. So, as soon as we hit $1,000, a thousand followers, we're going to be dropping the details on how you can enter to win this wheel set. So make sure you head on over there share the Instagram page if you want to so we can hit a thousand followers because we want to give this wheel set away to one rad chick. All right, guys, hope you enjoy today's episode. Joss is badass. She's incredibly inspiring. So it was a really fun episode to do. It was a really awesome chat to have. And I think you all are going to love it. We haven't had the chance to meet yet, but we've talked so much back and forth that I'm like, I feel like I know you. <laughs> I know. I agree. We're like always in the same place, just not at the same time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel funny. like you're like incredibly, you're like inspiring and sweet, but like <laughs> brave and like badass all at the same time. <laughs> so I'm really excited to like hear so much more about you. There's times I definitely don't feel like it. (laughs) I think we all feel that way about ourselves at times, for sure. Oh, yes. (laughs) So fill us in. I want to hear, I've gotten to hear a lot about you on, you know, the Ground Ed podcast, which was a ton of fun to listen to. So if anyone hasn't listened to it yet, (laughs) definitely give it a listen. But um, share with our audience, if they haven't heard it, like what got you started with BMX? I, uh, I, I basically needed something that would kind of catch my attention and feel as like reckless and tiresome and, uh, scary as cheerleading did. And, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't really find that in anything I was doing. So I was like, I don't know. I was, I was really bored with all the typical sports and typical, typical things people do to, to stay active. And I found that the gym wasn't quite enough. I needed more. Um, so like after, um, I feel, I, do you want me to like just talk from the whole beginning? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so like I said, I, I was a cheerleader. Um, so I was always into the, the extreme. Um, I really, really enjoyed tumbling and catching people and throwing people. And um, I like the, the hardcore aspect of it because it, it kept me really focused, but it also kept me hooked enough where it was challenging, but I couldn't get it right away. So I had to keep trying. Um, and little by little, I could see my own progress. So it, it really forced me to uh, stay interested, which is huge because like most of the people out there now, um, I have ADD, ADHD, all that good stuff. Um, and as that kind of person, I need constant movement and constant excitement. Um, otherwise I'm either sleeping or really bored. Um, so cheerleading did it for me. I, I kind of 
lost that when I became a student teacher because I couldn't travel as far as I was. I was traveling two hours uh, every Thursday and Sunday um, if I wasn't um, sleeping over in Rhode Island, but I drive there every, every those two days it became to be too much. And, and although, you know, our gym owner was great, she would, she would do everything she possibly could to make sure that we could all afford going. Um, she would give us opportunities where we could uh, help coach special needs teams or the younger teams and our tuition would be free. But with student teaching, it just got to be a little bit too much and, and I couldn't travel as far. So I lost the thing that I loved that was so hardcore and good for my, my attention span, basically, um, and my physical need to, to kind of be rough and move and see what my body could do. So, you know, after that, um, I ended up trying bodybuilding. Uh, <laughs> that was interesting. It's funny. I said I'd absolutely never do that again. But now I have a friend who I work with at the gym and I'm sort of considering doing another fitness show, but we'll see. <laughs> what got you um, into bodybuilding? Yeah, what made you want to do that? Uh, my boyfriend at the time, um, before the guy that I'm dating now, uh, he had been doing them and both of his parents did them their whole lives. So they knew the ins and outs of it. Um, and instead of jumping into like the typical category of bikini, which is where you basically start at just to see what you're getting yourself into, um, I jumped straight into the women's um, physique, which is ma- basically women's right. bodybuilding um, because both, you know, both of his parents did that. So that was the closest that they knew and they could help me the best. Um, so I just – I figured I'd give it a try and it was definitely an experience. It takes, takes a lot of uh, – a lot of focus, I guess, because you really have to be on top of like what you're eating and what you're doing. And, uh, it was different. It was very different. (laughs) And I feel like to do that, that's like, it's an immense amount of dedication. Well, it's like, obviously when I did it, um, because I was around it, it was a lot easier for me to just jump in, but I had wish I paid a little bit more attention to it because now I'm more curious. And I wish that, um, I looked into it harder to learn how my body could respond to it. Um, I kind of did what they told me because I was like, well, I need something to focus on. I need something to catch my attention and work hard at and have an end goal in sight. Um, so I just did everything they told me to, but now I'm looking back at it being, you know, a lot, or just as interested in fitness, just finding it again. Um, I'm, I'm starting to wish that I had tried to focus more on it, um, because it takes so much dedication, but because you can kind of find point what you want your body to look like and how you're supposed to handle it and pose and move and all this other stuff. And like, I had no intentions of going in there and winning when I, when I tried it, I just wanted to see what it was about. Um, and obviously I came in absolute dead last, which was hilarious. Uh, but I made some really cool friends along the way that I wouldn't have come in contact with if I didn't try it. Right. So, but definitely thankful for that. So if you were to do it, if you were to do it again, how would you do it differently? Um, so I threw myself into a competition where people could be on steroids. Um, I basically picked the competition that the guy that I was dating at the time, uh, was doing. So I, we could just be in the same place at the same time. Um, I did the NPC, which, uh, it honestly doesn't matter what you're on or what you're using it. Anybody can try anything. Uh, but I think what I would do this time is I would do a drug free show. So an all natural show, um, and really pay attention to, uh, what I did as far as dieting and training and how I played around with that. Uh, because like I said, I was kind of just blindly following what they told me to do and my body responded well, but obviously not well enough uh, to place where I could have, I guess, if I really paid attention to it. Um, but uh, I, I think I'd pay more. I'd, I'd focus more on it because now I'm so interested in it that I'd like to learn more, you know? Yeah. 
Were you into fitness prior to doing the competition? I mean, I was always like a super active kid. So everything I did was like sports or dance or, you know, softball. I did cheerleading, obviously. And in order to to get where you want to be physically, you have to to train and condition. So I wasn't necessarily like uh, one of those people that was like kind of intrigued in the gym early. I was more so intrigued at the athletic side of everything else, but knew that it came with it. Um, So I, I kind of got more into it that way I guess I took like the athletic side of it that made me interested in lifting in the yeah. gym if that makes any yeah. sense um yeah so it's I I, I kind of took it that way it was the opposite where I was I was trying to train for something which I think makes it more so. exciting <laughs> like more well, more purpose behind it and I I'm one of those people that I need a purpose behind what I'm yeah. doing to feel like I can do a good job at it yeah it's, it's, uh, it, but I'm, which is funny because the reason I even jumped into the bodybuilding show was just because I needed something to do. So my end goal co- wasn't quite clear except for the fact that I just wanted to see if I could get on stage. Which is um, a big goal in itself. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Maybe it wasn't for a sport, but that in itself is huge. Like, cause it's what, eight weeks of prep? Actually, what's funny is I, I talked to my friend Dana. She's the, uh, the trainer that I work with um, at my job now. And, and I was like, Dana, I honestly don't remember how, how long I prepped for. And she's like, Joss, it was probably like 16 to 18 yeah. weeks. And I was like, no, definitely Ugh. not. And she's like, yes. And I'm like, okay, I don't remember that. <laughs> it had to have been so helpful, though, because like you said, everyone that you were around at the time was in it. So it's like mm-hmm. the, the temptation is so much less versus being – you know, surrounded by an, an average person who's going out to eat every, you know, couple days and takes a temptation sure. out of it for sure. Absolutely. It's really hard to fall off of too. That's why a lot of people count their macros because it lets you eat basically whatever you want, but it's in moderation. Yep. So you kind of watch what you're, what you're taking in as opposed to just staying away from it altogether, creating cravings. So after the competition, then what mm-hmm. happened? Did you, <laughs> did you kind of like lose interest in it or... So after the competition, I was just like, wow, that was different. You know, it's kind of a lot of work. It was expensive. That was a yeah. huge part. I know I kind of took the cheaper route. I, I did a, a self-tan. Uh, I did my own hair. My my friend dyed it for me. Um, she's obviously a hairdresser, but uh, I styled my own hair. I think I got my – I think I got a $12 manicure. <laughs> <laughs> I got the absolute most basic suit you could possibly get, nothing on it. And I decided I'm wearing a choker with rhinestones that I picked out that I had from dance class. Like I I went the absolute opposite. I know I went the opposite route of every other fitness competitor in the world. And they were like, I don't know what you're doing, but I think I like it. Like it's so, it's so not this, but you're like, all right, you're you're rocking it. Like keep going to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, after that, I was like, you know, I don't know. I need something more hardcore. And actually I was working at a, I was working at Budweiser at the time so I was half employed by Anheuser-Busch half employed by DiCello distributors in Connecticut and uh I came in contact with a bunch of girls who were in a football league and uh I was like this is sick like I could throw that'd be cool maybe I'll play football and then I was like you know what I literally have no interest in football was it was it Powderpuff it it, yeah I think it was I'm I'm pretty sure it was like full it was like full full contact like women's league yeah pads and everything like I was like, wow, this is cool because it's so rough and like you physically have to pay attention or else you're going to get hurt, like, you know, stuff like that. And, and then I realized, like, like I said, like, I don't 
The only time I watch the Super Bowl is if someone invites me because there's buffalo chicken. I'm right there there with you. Like I, (laughs) I have no interest in it at all. Don't even think I'm gonna watch this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. I don't. I just, I just like I enjoy being there. That's pretty cool because the atmosphere is so you know wild and there's so much going on and you know I can watch everything else. But the game, it's just not my thing. I've I've never been that girl. Um. And not like I said, I was a cheerleader, so I was always on the sidelines. But I had another goal. I wasn't watching the game. I was cheering. Right. <laughs> I was tumbling. I was doing stuff. Um, but yeah, so I I was gonna try that. And then one of the salesmen looked at me and he goes, "Are you kidding me?" And I'm like, "What?" He goes, "You hate football season." And I'm like, "Well, I don't hate it." He goes, "You don't like it though." And I'm like, "This is true." So I was like, "All right, well, I guess I'm not doing that." And then uh, I started to think about it. And my uncle had promised me that he was gonna teach me how to skate for a really long time. Uh, and He's only a couple years older than me, so uh, he's kind of more like a big brother than anything. So uh, he promised me he'd teach me how to skate. That really didn't happen, but I entered a contest uh, to win a skateboard and on Instagram. And, you know, the guy uh, reached out, and he's like, you know, I'm going to send you a kit. Like, make your board. Like, build it. Send us pictures. Send us videos. He's like, you know, I'll send you all the gear you need. Like, we'll hook you up to set you up to go skating. And I'm like, okay, well, I know how to longboard. Like, that's cool, but... <laughs> Uh, essentially he was like sponsoring me with gear and I was like, well, you know, I don't know what I'm doing with this. Like, I just want to try. And he's like, yep, it's okay. Send it. I'm like, okay. Hardest thing in the world. Like, I think I ollied one time on a carpet. It was cool, but it was so hard to grasp and it wasn't enough of like a, a hooking feeling to where yeah. I felt like I could keep, like it, it was catching my attention enough. So at that point I had already decided that I was going to try riding BMX because my uncle raced also. And I remember going to his uh, races when I was little. Uh, my grandma let us paint our hair green and red. Pretty sure she did it too. It stained her hair because uh, <laughs> she had such blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> my mom was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you letting the kids do? Uh, we got to see him race. It was pretty cool. Um, but I didn't think anything of it at the time. But as I got older, I was like, wow, like, this would be really cool because it would be something to train for. It's fast. It's a little bit dangerous. Like it hooks my attention enough. I know how to ride a bike already. All I have to do is pedal and it's still scary enough where it's going to keep me excited. Um, so I ended up getting a bike actually on January 1st, uh, from friends I ended up riding with later on. Um, and I started practicing at the racetrack, completely laid myself out on a berm one day when I was waiting for them to get there. Just practicing. I, I yep. I caught, I being cocky, getting really excited. I caught alone, completely alone at the track, the track, by the way, I caught a pedal on the oh. berm and I just flew and tumbled. And the only person that apparently saw me was, uh, the lawnmower guy. <laughs> and he came like running over. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I didn't know you were here, but I'm good. <laughs> like are you alone I'm like no my friends are coming I think but yeah thanks so oh I uh yeah it was great but it was like I'm laughing the whole time obviously I'm like in pain now but it was great it was so much fun I took it easy the rest of that day but it caught my attention enough and then from then on I I tried my first race uh completely ate shit before I even hit the first uh berm I think like in Gromdad's podcast, we talked about it. I'm pretty sure I ate shit and then ate shit again immediately after. So in like the same race. Yeah, didn't you say uh, like before even like the third jump or something? <laughs> I, I'm pretty uh. sure it was like the second roller that I just tanked. We were- and I actually, 
I have a video of it and I, I have to find it. But like, like I said, you can hear this guy screaming. He's like, come on, girl, get right. up. And I'm laughing and swearing. And like, it's great. It was so funny. I heard you say that. And I mean, just started dying <laughs> laughing. That'd probably be me. So I'm right there with you. But I mean, it's as long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. Like, I wasn't trying to win. Yeah. Anything. I didn't even know what I was doing. And if you're like getting up still laughing, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I had a great time. I made sure I finished the race. You know, I got a high five from my my dad, my mom. Like, they're like, "You're an idiot," but cool. <laughs> it was good stuff. Was that the only race that you did then? <laughs> no, actually, I raced for. I think that whole summer. Oh, you did. Uh, I, I always yeah. was always like under the impression that you did that one race, like bombed it, and you were like, "All right, <laughs> onto trails." <laughs> no, no, I raced for a while. Oh, that's um, sweet. But yeah, so what happened was his ground dad, my, my bike was uh, really short, um, had a gyro. It was like 300 pounds. It was so heavy. Wow. It wasn't that much. It was just, that's exactly It like, was just wow. really heavy. No. <laughs> my dirt bike <laughs> no. doesn't even weigh that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I couldn't even give you a number. Yeah. But the thing was like a, a hunk of, of a metal. Tank. It was so heavy. My, yeah, I like ground dad riding. He's like, how are you riding this? And I'm like, it's just, it's a bike. It worked. I don't know. There's kids out here with like, with bells on their bikes. It just, it works. <laughs> like it's whatever you pedal, you go. Like, he's like, you're not wrong, but here, ride this. And actually it's sad because FBM is, you know, sending their goodbyes, but like yep. FBM was the first real BMX bike that he gave me the taste of riding. Uh, which was pretty cool. And I rode that thing into the ground and I'm sure his, his, you know, heart was stomping out of his chest a few times that I cased as bad as I did, but, uh, he, yeah, he gave me the opportunity to try that. So, um, I got to keep going and then he's like, okay, but there's so much more than just racing. And like, let's get you out into the world of everything BMX. Like, let's, let's see what else you can find your niche in. And I did. And I met so many cool people. And, and like the, I think the first event he took me to was, I think it was the Grands. I, honestly, I thought he was taking me to a racetrack in the city, and I'm like, never heard of a BMX track in the city, but let's, this is sick. I'm, I'm in. Like, let me get in the car. And he drove me out to the city, and he, uh, he's like, you got to be really careful because this is like a street race. And I'm like, what? Really? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I had no idea what this was. So I was like, whatever, I'm still game. And then we all line up at a crosswalk. And there's cars stopped behind us because there's a red light. And now the light's green and the cars are beeping their horns and people are yelling. It was crazy. And uh, somebody said go. And Grom Dad was like, I'm going to get the whole shot. I got to go. And I was like, okay, well, my friend Bill is gone. So I guess it's just me and I'll follow where everyone else is going. <laughs> so and, what, uh, what exactly is it? I haven't heard of it's it. It's a rebel race. It's So they call it the Grands. Um it's uh, it's basically like a street race with checkpoints, and you're literally riding through the city as fast as you can. And however you get to these checkpoints, uh, is on you. So, so you have to navigate the just city on bikes. Straight up BMX race and get there as fast as you can, however you can. Yep, ah. you gotta pick up stickers along the way, and then you get to an endpoint. And I yeah, re- yeah. I me neither. And then I did it, and I was like, "This is crazy. Does this happen all the time?" And apparently, it was like once a year, and I guess it was put on by Mesrol um the that's, shop in uh in the city that's pretty yeah. sweet yeah <laughs> so how did you it was, uh... oh go ahead oh no it's okay I was gonna say how did you and Gromdad meet and like because uh, I... you guys are pretty close yeah so I couldn't read the moto boards I had no idea what I was looking at I had no idea when I was supposed to race or what gate I was supposed to be at or or how that even worked 
Uh, and he's like, you look a little confused. I think that was my, it was probably my, it wasn't my first race. It had to be like my second race or something because I'm pretty sure the boys helped me with that one. The boys that I was riding with for a little while. Uh, it was, you know what? It might've been the first race where like, I apparently looked very confused and he came over and he's like, let me explain. He told me what I was doing. And then he kind of like hung by me. And then, uh, you know, joking around, I was like, you're going to be coach now. And he's like, Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) And then I didn't stop harassing him from every race on out. (laughs) Not a bad thing. No, not at all. He's, he's done some really cool things for me and I appreciate him like crazy. And he's always put up with my craziness and and he's been a really great friend and a mentor and all that other good stuff. And he, like, showed me this other side of BMX that I probably wouldn't have found and all these people that I had no idea I would meet. Yeah, so what happened after the grants there? Uh, when did you get so, introduced to dirt or trails? <laughs> um, I believe he took me to the Shoreham 30-year uh, jam or something. They had something going on there. He brought us there, and then... After that, um, a bunch of the guys who I, I really didn't know yet were going to the Flatlands, which was a trail set that was out here yeah, in Long Island. closed down, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so they, that, it, I, that was my first time ever seeing something as big as that. Uh, it was pretty crazy because I don't think that was – I think that was before – the Scotty Kramer jam that I got to see the flatlands because the showroom thing was before that. No, it was after. Thank you. I appreciate the help. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, so the, my timeline's all confused. I just know all this cool thing, no. all these cool things happen. It's all good. <laughs> but uh, I really hadn't seen like woods trails. Like the, the Scotty Kramer jam uh, was all. Uh, big dirt jumps that were you know off to the side but it was still it was still out in the open and and that was pretty cool but I'd never seen anything that like twisted through the trees like Flatlands did in my mind I'm sitting up in a tree stand and I'm clearly having like the most extreme like ADD kid attack where I'm freaking out I'm so excited I'm like recording everybody going by and like flying (laughs) up under me and like they're so close to the 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 tree stand where I'm sitting and that was the coolest thing um that I was like I in my head, I'm like, one day, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to ride here. Like, one day, this is going to happen. Because um, they were huge. They were bigger than anything I'd really ever seen. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm that was sure. my first. I've, I've seen yeah. some big jumps, and they, like, <laughs> ugh. They're huge. They're cool. They're so intimidating. But it's funny how your view changes after you start trying things that get, like, closer and closer to being bigger. Um, they get, and then, do they you know, get smaller? <laughs> I mean, I, I yes, and also no at the same time because once you're like rolling at it, you're like, well, this is there's still the same big jump, you know. Yep. <laughs> um, but your your mindset on if you can handle it definitely changes on it. Now, were you, uh, which is pretty cool. Were you pretty comfortable with jumping from racing? No, not at all. Actually, I was trying. I was still trying to figure that out. I had no idea how to go over the rollers. Um, were you comfortable? I, I comfortable with pumping? Like what? I mean, what was? I would imagine that just starting out, you're just, you don't, if you haven't ridden and you're not familiar with, you know, pumping and like sucking in the bike and just everything, it's just Uh, like, you're lost. You're kind of just pedaling around. Like, how do you do this? 
yeah I mean it happened that's that's how I started yeah I, I knew how to ride a bike obviously but I was always riding like the trek like hybrid right you know mountain bike where I could do everything but I didn't have to pump because the bike kind of did it for me you know or I was riding on a flat trail with my family in Maine like it wasn't it was never anything like this and you know you like go off some curbs and stuff when you're you're little because you think it's cool but like you don't do it right because you don't know what to do yet yeah you're just kind of like so, making it happen <laughs> mindlessly throwing you in your bike yeah but uh no when I I, to be honest, um, I didn't really understand any of it and I still stutter with pumping. I pump at the wrong times now mm-hmm. because I, I don't know how all of it works yet, but, uh, I still try just because like, I want to figure it out and there's going to be days when I don't and it's okay. Like I still, I'll still work on it, but, uh, nope. I started off completely like I could pedal, I could pedal. I was pretty solid on a bike, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't nervous. I could stand up and pedal. Uh, that wasn't a big deal, but every single time those bars turned a little bit too far one way or the other, like in that wheel kind of went flat, like perpendicular, perpendicular, is that the right word? Yeah. Perpendicular to my, yeah. my body. I was over the front of it. <laughs> 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 yeah. And I did that a lot. Cause I would try to compensate, uh, cause I would lean too much and then I'd turn the wheel and I'd, you know, fly over again. But uh, no, honestly, I started where everybody else starts. <laughs> I love that you said you're like, I still don't know how to pump. Like, it's just like oh, yeah. total honesty. It's like I'm still figuring all this out because you've been riding for three, three years. Like, has it been yeah, three years? Yeah, about that. Yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the same way. I mean, I haven't been riding as long, but pumping, I'm, I'm ass backwards. <laughs> it's kind of confusing. It's it, it, it makes you gotta sense. feel it. Yeah, if you don't feel it, it doesn't make sense. And until you feel yeah. it and it clicks, mm-hmm. like the feeling and the motion and just the smoothness of it all. Until you feel it, it just doesn't make sense. You got to be willing to try a whole bunch of different things and like try, you know, going over things differently to figure out when and how. Yeah. Because at some point your body's just going to do it and you're going to be like, okay, that's how it works there. Yeah. All right. Now I'll try it again. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to feel. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so when did uh, you um, kind of make, so after your first year of racing, did you kind of just fall in love with dirt and you were like, all right, I'm good with racing. <laughs> On to the next. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I loved the atmosphere of racing, but I'm not very competitive. The only person I'm competitive with is myself. So and being up at the gate with everybody else, uh, I, I, I struggled to really want to beat people too, because also being like elbow to elbow is pretty scary. <laughs> Van life with a dog. <laughs> that sounds great. It's fun. <laughs> In the back. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's all good. Dogs are welcome. We'll take all the dogs. <laughs> what were you saying? Apologize. <laughs> no, it's uh um I and so being like being elbow to elbow with people yeah. is really scary. And I did not love that part. And it's funny, like I would almost rather muscle through it and try to catch up to people after than like pedal as fast as I can to get in front of them yeah. at the beginning, which is absolute backwards for racing. Right. You want to get ahead to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that mm-hmm. start of the jumble first turn, I imagine it's, I mean, it's bicycle motocross. So I'm just assuming it's like mm-hmm. motocross, but that first turn is always, you know, a disaster if you're not in the Tricky. right spot. <laughs> yep. Did you have any, yep, yep. a lot of crashes after like your first couple there from the first race? Um, any that stand Honestly, out? I can't remember. That's good. 
probably good. Not really. No. I mean, I I crashed all the time, and it was just it's just I it was a thing that happened. It just was expected, but nothing that really caught me. Did you? Cr- it wasn't really. Did you crash a lot as a kid? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Were you a bit of a hot mess? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Feel like Which you. is funny. Yeah, no, all the time. I was always in a tree or hanging from yeah. the swing set upside down. Like, I was always falling off things, always, you know. But but I also, like, not – like, I, I can't say knock on wood because I've made it through those years. But I didn't really break anything until I was older, huh. which is crazy. I would have my, – my type of personality, my – most kids that like that um, have broken a lot of bones. Right. <laughs> I was the same way because I just total tomboy kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, my neighbor, I always like remember this image. My neighbor was when I was first moved into my house, I was maybe four or five and she's outside like dancing with an umbrella, like a ballerina. <laughs> and I'm just like dirty knees riding my bicycle. <laughs> yeah. And I always remember I was at my brother's baseball game. Like, I don't know how I never got into like riding bikes more when I was younger, but I guess it just wasn't really a sport. You know, bi- yeah. bicycling really became a sport a little later on. And BMX was a thing, but it was only like the boy thing. But yep. I remember riding my bicycle, like, pretending to, like, jump over jumps because I was a horseback rider. So I'd always, like, pretend my bike was my horse. <laughs> Wait, and, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I could – my parents would never get me a horse. I would, I have, When I got – when I turned 18 is when I finally got my own horse because it was, at that point, my responsibility. But my parents would never buy me a horse. So a bicycle was always, <laughs> like, the second best thing. So I'd Absolutely. be like riding around, you know, trying to jump over all these little bumps. And uh, I remember like crashing one time and this lady was just like, that girl's just an accident waiting to happen. And I was so, <laughs> I was so offended. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you're probably proud of it because exactly. like, you made it this far. For sure. <laughs> you're this killing point. it. <laughs> but my gosh. And she wishes she had an exciting life like you yeah, did. Yeah, she was definitely <laughs> jealous. <laughs> The people that are grumpy and they just come sit on the couch and expect life to come to them. I'm sorry. It's not a thing. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm like hearing Absolutely. you talk and I'm like, I feel, I feel like I'm having flashbacks of my own life right here. <laughs> I feel like we would have been friends when we were little. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Probably would have caused our parents a lot of, uh. A little bit of turmoil. A little bit of stress. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> So yeah, not many crashes there. That's that's good, or not the many that you remember. And but now that you've transferred to dirt, oh, all it's a little bit of a different story. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> How are you healing up from uh, the road to recovery jam? I uh, good. You you Although injured your shoulder, I, I, right? Yeah, I, I kind of crushed my collarbone at the end in like a couple different pieces. I think Ugh. it's three pieces. Yeah, no, no good. Uh, it's, it's a strange feeling. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't notice it as much when I'm riding, but sometimes it'll get really tired afterwards. Um, but I've noticed it like crazy lifting. Uh, and that bothers me a tiny bit because my strength is not as good as it used to be. Um, I've always been pretty, pretty good at lifting heavy weights. And I, I like that because it keeps me obviously challenged a little bit, not, not as much as bike says, but, um, I like to see my own progress and things, you know? Um, but, uh, that and sleeping on it, it like pops way out and it's the weirdest feeling. <laughs> Did you end up tearing things as well? I don't think so, no. but I can't be sure because the doctor kind of gave me like the, I, I didn't really want a whole lot um, because I didn't have uh, great health insurance at the time. Yeah. So he kind of was like, 
let's see how you heal. Um, I'm only going to do an x-ray to see what the bones look like. He goes, but you, you know, just take it easy. So I think that was his way of saying like, I don't want to, I don't want you to quote me that you may have done more inside of there, but take it easy if you feel like things are bugging you more than normal right. because then I, there's a good chance that they probably were a little messed up. But other than that, you know, like, I don't have any other weird like pains. It gets achy. Um, but I think I got really lucky. <laughs> that's, that's good. I mean, yeah. definitely, like you said, scary. Could have been worse. <laughs> I thought I was fine, which sucked because I, you know, I, I was like, I, I had full range of motion except for like the hour after I did it. And I, I, Never really felt that like puke feeling of breaking a bone because all the bones I've broken have kind of been like gradual. Yeah. Um, so I never, it was like I'd already started something and then just ended up finishing it. So I never had that like dizzy, gonna throw up broken bone feeling that everyone tells you about. Then mm-hmm. um, I, like, I thought I was good. I was like, yeah, I'll be, it's all right. I just gotta let it chill for a little bit. And then, you know, later on when I'm sitting on the couch, like complaining that it feels funky, we went to the urgent care. Um, my boyfriend Johnny brought me just to see what happened and I'm like complaining to him on the way there I'm like they're gonna think I'm a wuss like <laughs> what if nothing's wrong like what if it just hurts and it's nothing like it's okay nothing's bad and he's like well I just want to know like let's just see what happened and the nurses were like oh, how are you moving like what are you what they were very confused because apparently it was way worse than I made it look when I came in. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you're like, pain? What's, uh, what's pain? <laughs> yeah. Well, they like moved my arm all over the place and they're like, does this hurt? Does that hurt? I'm like, no. Oh, really? And they're like, okay, but you're kind of bruised. And I'm like, yeah, but like I did fall off my bike. Like, you know, and I like I had all my movement. It was weird. Oh, wow. You would think and they're like, all right, you're probably bone, fine. Like you would yeah. know, especially breaking it in three places. You would think you would feel that immediately. The thing I guess that saved me, I think, with that is that uh, it was at the very end. So it's not like if it was closer to my neck, yeah. um, my I think where my collarbone, if it broke where, you know, closer inside, uh, my whole side would have kind of pulled in because there's so many muscles there that would cave your shoulder mm-hmm. um, without the structure of the collarbone. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So like the end of it was kind of crunched, um, which is why I still had all of my movement, but it should have hurt more you know it shouldn't have just been a dull ache it should have like been a very painful movement feeling you know yeah so now when you crash <laughs> do you ever like listening to you on the ground dead podcast i was like holy moly like joss <laughs> joss has like a different perspective on like fear and accomplishment and it's really it's really amazing like everybody has their own way of viewing certain things and not to say that you're not you're not to say that you're fearless like obviously we all have fear but oh, you definitely view it in a whole different perspective than a lot of people so like <laughs> that that's for sure what what happens to you like does your body have any sort of natural reaction like emotions or adrenaline like if you were to crash or are you just like oh all right let's get up and do it again is this like a before or an after like like right after you crashed are you like freaked out are you shooken up are you like shot of uh, adrenaline or are you just kind of like chill about it i mean i guess it depends on how and then there's a lot of factors that play into it like uh, what, what did I land on? Okay. How right. does it feel? Do I need to, do I need to give myself a second? Typically after I crash, I go get some water. Um, I like try to walk. Um, 
sometimes if I'm good, I, I bounce back up to try it again because, like, if you get hurt and you keep going, a lot of the time you won't feel it till later, which is probably the worst way you could handle mm-hmm. it. But uh, if you stop, you, f- you feel it. You know, you get that, like, train wreck feeling. But um, also it depends on the weather. If it's cold and you fall, like, you- you're going to need a lot more time in between those falls. I- it's really hard to learn in the winter here yeah. um, in New England and, you know, where I am now in Long Island. Um, because bumping your knee wrong in the cold is like <laughs> your knee is broken times more. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you need like more downtime, or to just chill for a second, or to reevaluate. Like, do I really want to go this hard at this right now, or do I want to try it when it's a little warmer? Um, my ideally, I'd like to keep riding always. Um, but but even like I have to chill for a second. I I gotta be smart about it. Um, well, like you know, you I'd, I'd rather not be out. When you did like the lupus swamp test, how many how many tries did that take? That took quite a few, right? <laughs> so it was seven altogether until you <laughs> seven until you completed it. What yeah, like what yeah. thoughts? Like an example like that. What thoughts are you thinking? Like, are, do you ever think maybe I shouldn't do this, or are you just like so dedicated you have to do it? Like that competition with yourself. Uh, well, okay, yes. So like my uh the competition with myself is huge um if i get something in my head i i kind of have to keep trying at it um but also the that weekend was kind of like a i'm going to let it i'm going to let it all out this weekend <laughs> and just ride really hard because I, to be honest like i i was going through some things that really tore me down yeah um and my thing at the time to get me out of that was riding. And it's so funny listening to everybody's like riding has helped me escape stories. And I'm like, wow, that's great. And then it started to kind of happen to me. So it became, you know, something that I was so proud of and I felt like I was progressing at it. So the, the weekend of Swamp Fest, I was like, I don't care what's happening. I don't care if I walk away with something broken. I'm having a great time this weekend and nothing is stopping me from accomplishing something. Um, that weekend also, I kind of turned into a typical girl and threw a fit in my own head and kind of to some of my friends um that the dirt jumps were something that I was a little bit too scared to approach at that point because the drop off from the storage container that led into the first oh, jump big. had a gap I was it was scary I wasn't a swamp fest but I was there helping well I wasn't helping build but um we were there when like <laughs> Cody was building the jumps and that was a yeah that was a big drop off and it was it was like enough to be like that's gonna take me out before I even get to the first yeah lip you know so I was really angry because I was like I'm doing this this is happening this is my goal but then I realized like okay whatever it's not really a big deal I'm here all of my friends are here this is a great time people here that I don't even know are my friends like this is sick and I'm just gonna enjoy it and then um I started to also I had no intention of trying the loop but I started to kind of like think about it and you know a couple of my friends were like joking about it and then you know, I was like, well, maybe I could, you know, what's the big deal? So I, what I typically do when I'm like looking to try something, I'll kind of walk around it a little bit. I'll stare at it. I'll think about it. I'll roll my bike up to it. I kind of like, you know how when a dog is deciding to lay down and they spin yeah. around 14 <laughs> times in the same spot. It's, it was like my brain space of like, I'm going to claim this is my spot and I'm going to try to make it happen. <laughs> and like my, my brain space needed to be all around it. So I, I kind of like looked at it, talked to a few people. I had the boys push the ramp back to how it was because so many people had tried it that it pushed out so much that it, I would have gotten hurt. So the, the ramp, um, 
had moved so much. So they moved it back for and me. No um, offense, and then I started to work no on it. No offense to whoever <laughs> built that ramp, but that was sketchy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the point of it. But like, yeah, there's like nails and stuff. But like, that's, that's what that event yeah. was. Like, was absolute chaos. And like, if you get hurt doing this, like, you tried it. It's on you. Right. <laughs> you know? So like, uh, after I started to try it, the first couple times I went after it, I was like, wow, this is really scary. Like, uh, I just kept bailing. Um, and then I knocked the wind out of myself and I didn't realize I did because I was so, I had such short shorts on, which I like to ride in whatever I want, but I had such short shorts on that I was like, Oh my God, everybody can see my everything (laughs) right now. And I'm like laughing. But as soon as I started laughing was when I realized I had no air. I can't breathe. (laughs) I can't breathe. (laughs) And then exactly what happened. And I went from like, like laughing to like, kind of dry heaving (laughs) like to trying to breathe at the same time and it was like a little bit scary but I got up I was like you know whatever cut this cut this loss and then I was like I can't stop thinking about this so an hour later I went back at it and I was like it's getting dark I'm losing my chance they're gonna burn these in a second like I better just do it so I kind of got this like weird fire and started competing with myself and I was like I don't know how I'm gonna make it happen but I'm gonna do it and I just kept going at it because I needed to walk away with something that made me feel good. Now, when you're doing it, are you thinking like, all right, here's what I did this time. Here's what I need to do this, you know, next time. Are you like studying this? Are you just like balls to the walls going for it? It, that one balls to the walls more so, but everything else. Yeah. You know what? I really didn't care. I just wanted to make it happen. And I knew if I put my tires in a certain spot from how much the boys explained it to me that I should be okay. And if I didn't, then I definitely did something very wrong, but it was almost hard for me to not put them in the same spot because of where it just Mm -hmm. put me. As long as I went fast enough and committed to it, like it was going to set me up where I needed it to go. So what, what Um, was it that changed in you that when you finally got it, was it the commitment? Yeah, I just fully committed. I didn't slow down. I didn't stop in the middle of it. I I just did it. I don't know. I just I I went fast. It was, everything kind of lined up perfect. Um where my bike was, how fast I went, if I pulled back enough or not pulled back at all, like there were certain things that I was supposed to do and not supposed to do, but my body kind of just did it. Um it's the the boys explained it to me as much easier than it seems. Um, but it is scary, obviously, to go upside down because of the factor of like stopping midair. But you have so much momentum, you're really not going to. But if you open up, um, yeah, and stop, you know, the position of your body being where it is, it's going to slow you down like that. Right. So you kind of just had to commit and keep where you were, and it worked out. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm sure you walked. <laughs> did you walk away from that? Like you said, you walked in. You know, you were going through some things. So did you after accomplishing that? walking away from Swamp Fest, did you feel like more closure of what you were going through? A million percent. It was like, okay, I'm here for something. Maybe it's not what I thought it was. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm here and I'm going to make the best of it. And it was like, I kind of reevaluated everything because, you know, obviously my day started out me being irritated. I couldn't do something. And that's not how I like to work. Like, you know, I like to go in saying, well, I'm going to you know, have a really good time today. And if I get something done, that's cool. But if not, then, you know, it's, it's okay. I'm still here having a good time. But I went in frustrated and came out being able to kind of analyze what was frustrating me, how it affected me other places. And then it kind of, to be honest, it kind of carried me for a little while and gave me a little bit of um, like excitement towards just trucking through things, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. And I appreciated that. It's like little things you do to impress your own self yeah. kind of thing. And if, and if you can do that and feel good about uh, your own self, it just it makes things so much brighter and less heavy if you are working through something. Yeah, I definitely, I think overcoming challenges in general, like overcoming hard things, which is why I'm like, I love these sports because Mm -hmm. whatever they are, whether it's riding a dirt bike, whether it's riding it in the woods or on a motocross track or skateboarding, like it's, it's fully competition with yourself and seeing how much you can push yourself, how much you can overcome. And when you as a person are overcoming things and you're growing in one way or another, like you feel you have a higher self-esteem. You feel better about who you are and what you're doing with your life and, you know, in the world in general. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I feel like everybody needs to feel like they have a purpose. And when they don't feel like they have a purpose or when they don't feel like they can kind of accomplish something that will make them feel successful to keep going, they get old fast and they get grumpy fast and they lose the little bits of magic that are around us all the time that we kind of rely on to stay alive. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the hardest things. Like when I was in my mid twenties, um, that was something I recognized is when we're, you know, when we're young, we're in school and mm-hmm. we're just like, all right, you know, you just got to get through first grade and then you just got to graduate eighth grade. And then you just graduate high school and now you're going to go to college and like you graduate college, like you have all these goals that whether you like Mm -hmm. them or not, they're, they're goals that keep you growing and keep you pushing and progressing. And then all of a sudden we're done with college and we're like, all right, I'm going to get the job and you get the job. Mm -hmm. And I think there's definitely different people in the world where there might be some people who are more driven to like, all right, let me get a better job. But for the most part, like that growth just kind of stops at that point. Yep. And if you don't keep looking for it, like you said, you get old and you get grumpy and you just, you kind of lose that zest for life. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I, I, I see it in a lot of people and at a really young age and I'm like, you have so much you can be doing and, and seeing and trying and don't fall into what people say you're supposed to do. You know, like, like you just said, you get that job and then it's like, it stops. Everything stops. And like, what do you really have to work for anymore? And and then, you know, people become unhappy because they realize they've also let themselves go at this point. And they, you know, they, they, they like exactly what you said, they lose that like zest in their life. And it's important. It's really important. You know, it, like I said, it keeps you alive, keeps you going, Yeah, you, keeps you excited. You something. And I always say mm-hmm. like, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's knitting <laughs> or I don't care Absolutely. if it's a BMX bike, but you need something that kind of challenges you in one way or another to like, just keep going and keep that, keep that fire within you. That's one of the things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. With rad chicks is just like, I don't care what you do. I don't care what level you are. Like, I'm not here trying to highlight all the pros. I admire them for all that they've accomplished, but there's such a select few. And then there's all these everyday women who are just like trying to be their best and trying to conquer like the littlest steps. And that's like a big deal. And I'm like, we need need to make more of a big deal out of these girls because that's awesome. I totally agree. I, I, there's this this meme that I laugh at, but I also love. It's like give people high fives for getting out of bed because sometimes that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Cele- celebrate all the things because that's it's it helps. It's awesome. You know, it's, it gives excitement. It keeps you going. Yeah, and I definitely you know like I see that with you a lot. In like so many of the girls, like with you know on Instagram is obviously where I see it. But, like, giving everybody high fives, like, supporting everybody for every little thing, 
and I know you're super into just like lifting people up and like wanting people to feel good. And it's just awesome. It's awesome to see that energy and that support out there. I mean, it's been, it's, it's been done for me. So I feel like it's only fair to like pass it on. And if, if you can give someone a little bit of excitement, it somehow transfers to you too. It does. It's like giving someone advice and helping someone out. It leaves you feeling good too. The littlest Um, thing, like speaking about that. Um, So there's this uh, day in the dirt. Uh, Not day in the dirt. I'm sorry. Um, Babes, babes in the dirt. Okay. Just a ride day going on at uh, whatever Fox Raceway next week or so. And I'm like on the fence of going. I'm like, "Eh, I'm kind of ready to get out of Southern California. I'm ready to move on. We've been here for almost a month. And then I got a message today from a girl. And she's like, oh, are you going to be going there? And I was like, oh, I'm kind of 80%, you know, (laughs) 80% in. (laughs) I was like, are you going? And she's like, yeah, I don't really know anything about dirt bikes. And I thought it would be a really cool place to, like, learn. And she just, like, she just gave me that spark of, like, go to that event. Like, see if you can meet someone. See if you can support somebody. Like, lift somebody up. Like, this isn't about me. This is about everybody else that's showing up and going out there and having a good time. And it's just, you know, just those tiny little things whether you even know how to ride a bike or not, like you can lift someone up and you can help someone or intrigue someone to, to, you know, do something for themselves. Small victories are huge victories, seriously. And they're so important. They really are. And it, there's, there's no room for people who are, are not going to do anything for you, but cheer you on. Like just, and, and that's why people should do it for each other too. Like it's, it's just, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak enough about it and the whole kindness thing. And, and like, I used to be a teacher, like I said, and everybody kind of knows this now, but the reason I got into that was so that people could understand that they didn't have to do football. They didn't have to do soccer. They didn't have to dance. If they were a girl, they didn't have to, you know, do the typical things as long as they found something that made them happy and they found a group of people that they could share it with. That's huge. That's huge. And that was the reason I tried, you know, I, 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 I taught for, for as long as I did. And I tried to, you know, show the kids that. And that's why I appreciate it so hard with what you're doing, because it's exactly why I started teaching, you know, and it's, it's on a different level of age, obviously, but you're still inspiring people who are younger and you may not even realize, you know? Yeah. But it's important. It's so important. And it makes you feel better as a person. It's, it's like just that selflessness I think it's easy to get consumed and be selfish. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Like we're all going through mm-hmm. all day trying to take care of ourselves. That's, that's our main job and our main goal to, you know, live and survive. Oh, for sure. So to, to be able to step outside of that and not think of yourself, um, to be honest, it wasn't something I wasn't born a compassionate person. Like, and I don't, that's surprising. I don't really? <laughs> I, I can't see that in you, but okay. <laughs> like, it's just, I'm very, I don't know. I want to say I'm just a black and white person. Okay. Like, you either do good or you do bad. Like, I'm not going to sit here and try and change the way that you do things or think of things. Or my mom always tried to convince me to be a nurse. And I was like, I don't care about people. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that was I mean, my that's tough. I, <laughs> Nursing is another terrible, level. Right? No, not at all. I, I don't think I'd want to do it. <laughs> But, like, I honestly, like, when I, I'm just, I, I'm not a super, like, deeply compassionate, emotional person. Okay. 
understandable. I don't, I don't, That's okay. I don't know how to say that and not sound make it sound as bad as it does. It's, it's not. You can you can emotionally remove yourself from things, and that's huge. That's good. Yeah, it's really good. I that's important. I can because I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm. You know, as much as a physical psychopath, like emotionally, I'm. I'm a girl. I'm still a girl. You know, like I'm. I'm. I think too much into other things. I. I feel for people who are upset. Like I. I am probably too much compassionate and it sometimes can yeah. ruin me because it takes away from my focus. I mean, I will cry on the drop of a dime at, you know, somebody dying or someone going through pain, like for sure. Yeah, like I yeah. feel I, I'm empathetic. I can feel people's pain. Yeah. But um, yeah. But anyways, so kind of with that frame of mind, I would have always considered myself to be a little selfish just worried about myself, not like doing harm to anybody else, but just more concerned about myself than others. So to kind of break down those walls and those barriers and start to open yourself up to be more compassionate and um, have the desire to want to know more about other people, which I've always had an interest in other people. So, but it was more of like an insecurity of being able to reach out to get to know them. Okay. Um, with, you know, I was, I grew up super, super, super shy, incredibly shy. Really? So, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> incredibly shy. <laughs> so like, you know, once I broke past all those barriers and kind of grew up a little bit, um, and a kind of opening your eyes to other people's perspectives and other people's fears and, you know, what makes other people tick, it was just, you kind of break down those walls of selfishness and it it opens up compassion and opens up like a whole new level to life, like making other people feel good and special and to highlight them and like tell them how awesome they are is awesome. And it does so much good for everybody I like yourself and them. Totally agree. And really there's not enough of that going around now. It's, it's so like the, the good things and the bad things of social media are very kind of equal almost, but, one of the the bad things is that people are so quick to to knock each other, but not exactly like help spread happiness kind of thing, you know. And and social uh, media is a network. Like you're supposed to network. You're meeting people. You're talking to people. You're sharing insights and ideas, and it's supposed to help with that, you know. Um, right. And it's I like like this world makes it very easy to do the opposite, you know. Um, and it makes it more so of a comparison than a. Um, than a way to look at other people's ideas and mindsets. Yeah, I think it's definitely what you have to choose what you want to make of it. Absolutely. Like if you're looking for a comparison, you're going to find comparison. Absolutely. If you're looking to support someone, you're going to find support. So I think we have to be careful in how we choose to use it and what we, you know, what we allow to like infil- infiltrate our own thoughts. A thousand percent. I totally agree. You have to be strong enough to realize what's going on and, and help either fix it or, you know, be in control of it. Yeah. In your own, and in your you own can mind. easily, that's the beautiful thing on social media is you can easily remove the negative. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want negative. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Unfollow. Yeah. <laughs> you can choose to surround yourself with positivity and yeah, definitely the more you, you inspire, or I don't want to say inspire, the more you lift others up the definitely the better you're going to feel about yourself and it's going to build such a stronger community yeah no I totally agree and we have such a good one already you know the 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 BMX world in general I'm sure motocross is just like that but the BMX world that as you've seen is so like loving 
which is really cool. That's another reason I got hooked so hard is everyone's just like happy and pumped, you know? Yeah. You know, I was like really intimidated by BMX for a while. So I, I got into most of these sports because of my husband. So (laughs) he started riding about BMX about two years ago. Like actually it was on our first van or it was our van trip two years ago that he kind of got more into dirt jumping. Oh, that's so rad. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, just really, I don't want to say intimidated. Just, I didn't feel like it was for me. I didn't feel like I fit in. Like, you know, depending on where you go, there's different crowds. Oh, for sure. You know, and that was one of the things when I saw you. Like, oh, she's like a totally normal chick. Like, she likes fitness. (laughs) And she was like, I thought you were joking and you were being sarcastic when you said you did gymnastics. No. Until I was like, started to like really look into you. Like, she really did do gymnastics. Yeah, a lot of it actually. And I was told I'd get on a team and never got on. And that's how I discovered cheerleading. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Those failures led to cool things. But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was just really intimidated by it. I was like, oh, these just, you know, these aren't my people. <laughs> That's how I looked at it. And so I never really indulged, you know, never really yeah. put myself out there and to get into it. But then we started traveling and my husband was like just really open and confident and just like finding different trail spots and reaching out to people like, hey, can I stop by or hey, can I help dig? So with that, I basically it was like all right Jess you're either going to sit in the van or you're going to go out and try and socialize with these people yep. you know? <laughs> and keep in mind I'm still a bit of an introvert so I do enjoy sitting in the van by myself that's okay there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> so uh anyways we'd go out and we'd you know meet these people and I'm like like the just this past weekend we went out to wetlands here in SoCal and I met Anthony Napolitan and Hucker and I'm like there and I was thinking of you with Hucker because of your <laughs> Halloween costume. I love him. <laughs> He's the man. I'm like he probably thinks I'm crazy, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't really know who they were. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is like one of the top BMX riders in the world, huh? Kind of cool. <laughs> but they're just like the nicest human beings in the world. I mean, we're just talking and having a normal conversation, and same goes like you know, the guys down at Eastside in Texas and just hanging out with these guys and uh, just, they're just so normal. They're just so real and they're welcoming and they're kind. And I think we always say that you just have to put yourself out there. You have to go and have something to offer, whether it's a smile, whether it's a shovel, whether it's digging, like you have to you got to bring the good and other people are going to want you to come around. Oh, absolutely. And anything, just put yourself out in that situation just to make new friends and people are going to be welcoming to it. Yeah. I think that's something you probably do so well. Like I said, we haven't (laughs) had the chance to meet in person, but I can tell just through social media, like the messages you've sent to me and how open and heartfelt you are. I'm like, you do, you clearly, you do that. (laughs) Well, thank you. I honestly, I, it's, it's, easy to uh be friendly with all these people because about 98 percent of the time they're going to be just as friendly if i don't get to it first you know um yeah which is really cool and like like you just said you're riding with pros and like you probably would have had no idea you were riding with pros because they don't act like no. it they just they're normal people they have a great time they'll crack a beer with you like they just want to have a good time and and that was my favorite part of when i started riding was i would be around these people and i had no idea who they were um so they were normal, you know, they were just more people that 
I did and I'm learning, but they're better at it and I can see that, but they're still people. And it was cool. And I didn't, half the time I didn't find out who I was talking to until after someone came up like crazy eyed looking at me, like, you know, who you're talking to, which was crazy. And it was so much fun because I was like, well, I didn't fangirl. That's cool. You know, (laughs) that's exactly like, that's my life. Like one of my favorite people is like Daryl now. He's the most like interesting human being he's hilarious <laughs> ever. <laughs> and you know whatever just hanging out talking with him and and like you know we leave and my husband's like do you know who he is I'm like not no. a clue <laughs> you know <he's, laughs> and it's like it's even almost better to like not not know who they are and just be a normal person and hang out with them and not want anything from them but to just like hang out and have a good time I completely agree I'm sure it's refreshing too that people treat them like people because I'm sure they have like the crazy 13 year old that runs over and is like can I have your autograph and they just want to have a personal conversation with an actual human you know I'm not like the 13 year old yeah, or human, everybody but... wants <laughs> they're just yeah it's a little overwhelming everybody wants something from yeah, them yeah basically or want to know them or get a picture with them and it's like it's probably nice to just be able to talk, you know, and be you, not have to put on a show in front of people. For sure. Yeah. But regardless, whether you're somebody or, you know, yeah. just uh, someone that enjoys, like, just treat everybody mm-hmm. good. I agree. <laughs> bring, bring the good time. But, but obviously, like, humor the little kid because they look up to you. So don't be a jerk. But, but oh, yeah. yeah. No, and and I've, I, I've only seen people be completely kind to the little ones who do run up to them like that, you know, or even the adults who yeah. run up to them like that, like wide-eyed and excited you know it's I I haven't seen any (laughs) negative reactions and that makes me really happy because then I can still fully support the sport that I really really love so far yeah definitely I think if anyone were to put off any negative reactions it's like man like you probably inspired that person to get on a bike Mm -hmm. like you you have to support them Mm -hmm. well there's nothing worse than you know meeting your favorite famous person too and having them not be nice you know because you've pictured them one way in your head so makes it hard sure awesome so what's next? Uh, Any big plans for this year? Any big goals? We, Any big riding goals? I'm going to try to learn 360s tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. Really? Yeah. I don't know where I got that from. Indoor? But yeah. <laughs> Penn State, actually. Did you just pull that out? It's just like all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I think 360s. <laughs> uh, no. Yesterday I was like, I, I want to learn. I started drilling Johnny for information about him and he gave me what I have to do. And then, you know, his... His friend clarified that I have to now because I said it. Uh, <laughs> so tomorrow at Penn State, I think I'm going to give him a try. And if I get him, I get him. If not, I'm going to have a hell of a time trying. <laughs> what, is, what is Penn Skate? Is it inside or outside? Inside, thank goodness. It's nice to ride okay. in warmth right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now, so. are you doing this into like a pit or are no. you just going for it? I, I'm going to try to do it uh, onto the box jumps to see what happens. Maybe not right. clear them exactly, but at least just land on top on the the flat the flattish part or you know wherever I can. I don't even know how this is gonna go. So and I I'm sitting here trying to visualize it in my head. Like, all right, how does this? So if you're basically like coming up onto like a box jump, yep, you should have a pretty solid safe landing until you get it correct. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just mean, have to put lo- my foot down. As, yeah, as long as all goes well. Yeah, I mean, I have to. <laughs> I, I'm gonna wear my ankle braces because you know. <laughs> I just, uh, I guess you just have to keep looking as from what I keep being told. All right. Keep looking and put my foot down if I need to until I, you know, can stop putting my foot down, I guess. <laughs> all right. I can't wait to see. I'm excited. I'll probably try to uh, record all the attempts. Yeah. <laughs> see what happens. For sure. Do it. 
But yeah, other than that, we're um we're going to Rays for the twenty fourth weekend. We'll, oh, we'll sweet. Yeah, we'll be there with the kink the kink and the blackout crew. I'm um, with them right now. That's sick though. Yeah, I remember you saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, uh, that's why I was like a little bit late because uh, so th- we've got well, not we, but the Cabda show is out here right now. The Cabda West show, okay, bike bike expo, and so we got Chuck Goldie, East Coast Rap, and then we yep. got. <laughs> the guys we got Roman and Chris are out here and we were gonna go to dinner later and then they were hungry so dinner ended up being at four and I was like crap <laughs> no <laughs> me, it's all good <laughs> let me mow down on some Oahu tacos because you can't come to Huntington Beach without some Oahu tacos and then <laughs> oh, that sounds great <laughs> <laughs> oh I love Mexican that's food. sweet though that'll be that'll be a really fun trip yeah I'm excited yeah, Oh, it's my life. Um, but yeah, no, so we'll be there with uh, the Massachusetts people and uh, hopefully some of the Connecticut people are coming out, but I'm aiming to play as hard as I can there. And then Swamp Fest is coming up quick and we'll be in the Cayman yeah. Islands for the week before that. So Ooh. I'm excited. We get to ride the Black Pearl and it looks really cool. <laughs> we, we uh, yeah, we did a trip. It was actually, it was like 10 years ago. It was our... Um, our what do you call it i keep wanting to say anniversary it was like our honeymoon we did a cruise with a bunch of friends for our honeymoon after we got married and that's that was so like... sick i like that idea way <laughs> yeah. better bring all the friends oh my gosh yeah 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 forget <laughs> like a regular honeymoon yeah <laughs> we did it like mid-january and yeah all our friends and that was like the biggest thing was getting to... we're like they're going to the grand can grand cayman Yep. Strictly just to ride there at the skate park. Yep. <laughs> Everybody that's... brought their bikes and their skateboards and <laughs> that's what we're doing. We're excited. It'll be great. Yeah, a little bit of sunshine, awesome. some waves, and then some skate park. Yeah. Swim with the uh stingrays, that's always cool. Oh, I can't wait. I'm hoping we get to do all that stuff. But yep. the the main goal is to ride the park a lot if we can. Right. Just because it looks so cool. Sweet. And then yeah. spring will be here before we know it. No, I'm so excited. It's kind of the nice thing with Swamp Fest being a, a tad bit later this year is like you get to come back up north and like maybe it'll actually be warm. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I, this winter though, I all I want to do is ride and it's hard. <laughs> yeah. I've had a couple of nice days, but Yeah, yeah, definitely. Although I get out when it's dark, so that makes it a little difficult. Right, right. Yeah. But it's all good though. But hey, summer's <laughs> coming. We got good summers. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. Sweet. Well, girl, thanks so much for jumping on. It was awesome yeah. to chat. Awesome to hear more about you. And I think everyone's going to love it. We appreciate every single one of you for listening to this episode, along with the rest of our episodes here at the Rad Chick Society podcast. We want to keep you coming back for more and spreading the Rad Chick's love. Every week, we'll be bringing you a new Rad Chick. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast now so you don't miss any and show some love by giving these girls a five-star rating. Oh, and don't be afraid to reach out to them, letting them know how much you love their story. 